This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome back, welcome back, everybody to the show. Good to have a longtime friend here, Josh Adair. Is that how you say it? Is it Adair or Adair? It's a long A. It's Adair. Adair. Yeah, okay. and, but it's said both ways. And mm-hmm. so I was in the military with a guy, and he was in a different company, but he was talking to me, and he said, yeah, I'm Adair. And I was like, no, 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 it's Adair, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, he was Yeah. So, he was an Adair? Yeah, he was same last name. Same and spelling, he would say it different? But he would say it different. It was strange, man. I was like, because huh. everybody I know says it the same way. Obviously, it's, we're the same family, so we say So you Adair. do say Adair. It's like Adair. It's, yeah, okay. It's long A. And I Find to, out something new every day. Yeah, right. <laughs> I got tired of Correcting people because they would just forget, and so it's easier just to be like, "Yeah, whatever." whatever. That's me. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty. It's kind of low to have to correct somebody. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) that. No, that's a dare. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've had a. I've had. I've seen people do that a couple times. Yeah. Just like, or heatings. How many times have you been called heatings? It's like, do you know how to say the word head? (laughs) Look at it. It's H E A D, and then I N G. I'm going in the right heading. Yeah. How do you how do you get heatings out of that? Yeah, right. I, a lot. And it's, I'm not gonna be like, no, this is no like headings. You know, there's no way to do it and not look like a jerk. Yeah, like, no. you just exactly. can't look like no. exactly. a jerk. So yeah, just let it ride. The older I got, it's just like, nah, man, it's there. And they'll leave out the I. They'll be like, Mister Adar, and I'm like, close, but you left that entire letter. <laughs> Almost pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's like. And maybe it's those people that went, uh, learn how to read by sight or something. Maybe they don't know how to sound stuff out. Or I don't know. <laughs> Take a little time. Take a few extra seconds. So those homeschooled yeah. kids. That's right. Hey, I'm a product of homeschooled. <laughs> I know. <laughs> My kids are homeschooled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyways. So let's talk a little bit about you for a second. Let people know who you are, um, where you're born and raised and stuff, and how you end up out here in the great 
communist country of California. <laughs> California. <laughs> uh, I grew up in Illinois. I was born in a little town. Actually, I was born in a bigger town, but I grew up in a small town, about 8,000 people. Um, I could live there until I was 19, and uh, I left for the military when I was 19. I decided I was done with that place, and I was ready to go serve. There's a lot of people that did that, huh? Yeah. I, that I was in there with, too. Yeah. Like, sick of the town. I was like, I'm getting out of here. Right. Well, there was a few job opportunities in town. I grew up not far from St. Louis, Missouri, so there was bigger jobs there. My dad worked for the power company. Um, I don't think my brother... My brother actually had started working for the same power company, mm. and I didn't really want to follow in their footsteps. I kind of wanted to do my own thing. And so, and plus, I didn't think I was smart enough to be in the <laughs> mm. working for the power company. Yeah. So I started talking to the recruiter, and I had wanted to do it for most of my life. Just be, mm. I wanted to be a ranger. That like, was like home. from the time you can remember being yeah. super young. Really? Yeah. And I you wanted to be a ranger, huh? Specifically, always. that was it. And there was. Did no... you see a video or something that made that stand out to you? Why you wanted to do that? So I had. A... I mean, because me for a helicopter pilot, mm -hmm. I wanted to do it since I was a little kid too. Mm -hmm. But I can remember watching videos of Hueys. Right. You know those blades slapping in military videos. When I, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the Bell 47. <laughs> yeah, not right? quite. Yeah. Not quite mashed, okay. but yeah. yeah. We weren't allowed to watch it either, so. <laughs> I, just, well, I just, the intro, because when it come on, you know, uh -huh. you get the voice, turn call. it, turn it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the one thing, like the one defining thing that I saw. Once, uh, I had a buddy that began to talk about it, and he kind of did the research and got into it, and he would relay the info to me. So once I knew about it mm -hmm. is when I started seeking after it, like, oh, I'm going to find a video, I'm going to find a book. I have a couple of books, even now on my bookshelf, mm -hmm. that I bought 20-something tw years ago. Oh, I heard. Go ahead. Be yeah. comfortable. Be I comfortable. am. I am. I fidget too much uh. when I talk. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, I knew it's what I wanted to do. I So I went and talked to the Navy recruiter, too, because I wanted to be a SEAL. And so oh. I, I did. So I started okay. talking to him. And he laid the whole spiel out. And I thought, dude, I'm going to be America's greatest warrior, man. He made it sound so easy. And I asked him one question. I said, can you guarantee, buds? And he said, no. Oh. I go, what do you mean? He goes, we can put you in and you have to wait for a slot. I go, well, what do I go in as? He said, well, you may be doing a different job. You may be doing something else. You don't go in, I guess. At that time, you didn't go in as a SEAL or for SEAL training. Nothing was Do they do that now, though? That I don't know. I mean, dude, you're talking 20 years ago. Yeah, right, right. I left in 2000 to go. So, yeah, he once he said there was no guarantees, I didn't want to gamble. And side note, I had a buddy, a guy I grew up with, he actually went in, and he ended up uh, waiting for his bud slot, and he painted boats. Uh, he was painting ships. He was working in the galley. He was baking cookies, just waiting for a bud slot. Wow. I don't know if he ever got one. Wow. So That's yeah. insane to think about, though. If if I mean, because think about a guy that, if you did go to Bud's and become a SEAL, where you started out, yeah, baking cookies, right? <laughs> yeah. and then next thing you know, you're a SEAL, yeah, some of America's greatest warriors, you know, yeah, that's, that's right. The well, guy just shows that it's the individual; it has nothing to do right, right with what they're doing, yeah, because right. you, like you said, you're just getting in to get in, so you take any position to get the chance to be in a slot, right. But it doesn't mean, oh, because he's doing that. That's just what he is. You're filling a slot, right. basically. And you're waiting. And and this is the way I see it, is if you want to be a SEAL, and if you're going to be a SEAL, a good SEAL, that drive and that determination, not just get you through the worst part, you know, Hell Week or the worst parts of Buds, that's also got to be the same mindset while you're painting a boat or while you're yeah. a ship, I think, mm -hmm. right. a ship yeah. while you're baking cookies. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, that's not your end goal. But at that time, you're saying, all you I see is like, I want to yeah, be a SEAL, yeah, yeah. and I'll go through whatever I have to oh, get absolutely. there. absolutely. Yeah. So those so, are the guys I want. So you were in the Navy recruiter's yeah. office. Yeah. They told you that, and then you walked out. I walked out, and I said, it's not for me. Then, you know, they gave me the VHS. This is 2000, right? So it was the VHS tape, and I'm watching it. Dude, I'm like, Dude. Think about that, 2000. Yeah. 
20 so, years okay. ago. Well, yeah, but the fact that when it was before. Yeah. You, you, I mean, if you were getting at that time, that would have been insane. I mean, you might not even be here today, honestly. Right. Well, I had, we can talk about that in a minute, but I had, yeah, we were pretty close when yeah. all that went down. But uh, I left, yeah, the way it worked, dude, is the, it was Army, Navy, Coast Guard, or Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines were in the same building, mm-hmm. so I could just kind of go around and do the loop. So you picked... Army. Okay, what? Well, so you went to Navy first because you were saying you always wanted to be a Ranger. So did you go there because you knew it was even uh, more advanced? Yeah, I wanted to see what they had to offer. That's okay. my my parents. My mom, you know, being mom, she they wasn't super it. for it. My dad yeah. was. My dad was. He's a oh, huge cool. military fan. My dad's probably one of the best World War II historians I know. He wow. knows everything. I mean, I pick his brain often. He knows hmm. all. You know how things went. Uh, regardless, but he said. Ask around, find out which one has the best programs, which one. He goes, you're going to get out one day and find out which has the best things after you get out. So I said, okay. So I shopped around and I asked some questions. Uh, Navy, other than a SEAL, I wasn't really interested in. Air Force, my grandpa retired as an E-9 out of the Air Force. Probably would have made him a lot more proud had I gone in, but my grandpa was the same way. Yeah, he's a little bitter at me that I didn't join the Air Force. <laughs> like, you yeah. at Army? Yeah, those guys are yeah. jerks. We don't yeah. like them. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I wanted to be special forces and pair jumpers taking nothing away from PJs, but those I just didn't appeal to me the same mm-hmm. way a Ranger and Seals have the movies. I mean, there's not a whole oh, lot of Army sure. Ranger movies that are right. dedicated to just right. Rangers. They're in certain movies, but yeah. so I shopped around and I went to the Army and I said, "Can you guarantee me?" They said, "We guarantee you." You, know, you get a tool. shot at it, huh? That's it. They said, we guarantee you a rip. It's Ranger Indoctrination yep. Program. And they said that we'll guarantee you a slot in there. And I said, that's all I care about, man, is guarantees. I just want to have the opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I signed up, man. <clears throat> January 12, 2000, dude, old Uncle JB, man, left out of St. Louis, man. And I went in the huh. great unknown, so. <laughs> I was Janu- January uh, 2008. That's way oh, after really? you, yeah. Yeah, it's a couple years. Dude, yeah. I can remember... When we were working up in Madeira, man, uh-huh. and um, we were having conversations, you asked, dude, for hours, man, we were cleaning up at the job site we were working, and you would, yeah. for hours, you would ask me questions about the military, like, what about, and they were good questions, too, they weren't just like, can I do it, do you think I can do it, I can do 20 bushes <laughs> in 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, dude, how many times have you been asked that kind of stuff? <laughs> right. Do you think I have what it takes? Yeah, right? I, I, don't, I don't know. No. <laughs> The key to can that, you do what you're told? <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's it. Can yeah. you get pummeled, you know, by mm-hmm. verbally pummeled for three and a half months? Because our, our basic, you know, in the infantry was, I went in as 11 Bravo. So, yeah, so. you were at um, Georgia. You're in Fort Benning. Fort Benning. Yeah, oh, Sand Hill, Fort Benning, baby. Georgia. I was on, uh, I was Bravo 258, man. We were called the dark side. We were on the back side of it. And, of course, every company, every battalion thinks they're the toughest. Oh, yeah. So. But I had actually. Dude, st- I, that's not true. I was. Vi- Majorly disappointed in who I was because I was at Jackson, dude. Relaxing Jackson, <laughs> yeah, South Carolina. I was so ashamed yeah. if I would have known that. And I remember my recruiter saying, Hey, I'll send you this place. It's gonna be the, the of he goes, It's so be hard physically, but he goes, It's the easiest place because there's females there, yeah. And I, I don't know why in the world I didn't say something because I could have changed it, he could have yeah. changed it to. To uh, Benning. Right. It's just like, I'm almost like, don't like talking about that. Yeah. It's like, ah, <laughs> yeah. just a bunch of just, which our our drill sergeants were super strict and like wigged out. Like they were, I don't even surprised they didn't hit people because they were, they were crazy. Right. Because one was a combat engineer mm-hmm. and the other one was, um, and he actually used to play for uh, Louisiana uh, College. Um, Louisiana Tech? Yeah, Louisiana Tech. Really? He broke his back. He was a running back, and he broke his back. They said he never walked again. Anyways, obviously he couldn't play football anymore. Yeah, but he ended up getting in, being a combat engineer. Yeah, which probably tearing himself up even worse than football would right. probably. But 
Anyways, they were scary dudes. But I was hearing of other bays and other uh, uh, my lingo's platoons and stuff. Yeah, getting their phones, like everything, dude. dude. Crazy stuff, dude. Well, one they didn't even have cell phones when I was in, but <laughs> we had nothing. You know, we. Dude, had- how old are you? What? How old are you? <laughs> I'm 39. I'll be 40 this year. I guess just you got in a lot younger. That's yeah, probably I, why I was like, man. I did. I mean, you are older than me, but still. Yeah, and I. Everybody always says, "Wow, you're that old. You don't act that." No, yeah, I <laughs> and know. Then I'm like, man, should I be taking mental note of that? Like, should I? Be, <laughs> like, yes, Titus. I, I was in the armed services. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's funny too because I don't talk about the military. Like, this is the most I've talked about it in probably the last year. Because, do I talk know, about it much? No, I don't ever talk. You about begin it. to forget like the. Well, lingo when I'm with and someone terms. else, I dude, I know I'm embarrassed. I'm like they're probably thinking this guy's a complete joke. Yeah, right. You know, because like uh, I have my buddy on here. I don't know if listen that one uh flying blackhawks in afghanistan i haven't got there yet that was my uh we went to on deployment together to afghanistan and he's still in Mm -hmm. so he's he's sharp on it right all and i'm Mm -hmm. like uh you know uh remember that one thing he's like uh yeah the latrine or something (laughs) something like that and i'm like dude it's embarrassing it's like you're a joke but no i just out long enough you just forget start you do, because it's not conversations you have every day. I mean, yeah. I can relate stories to my wife, but, you know, after this many years of marriage, she's like, I've heard it. It's not that <laughs> funny anymore. So, but let me tell it anyway, babe. <laughs> so for Benning, and then you, where'd you do your AIT at? Same place. So the way infantry Oh, because they do it all yeah, there at Fort Benning. It's called OSUT One Station Unit Training. So mm-hmm. we did our eight weeks of basic, and then we did our additional, um, I think, six weeks of AIT, which is infantry and mm-hmm. all that. But it, nothing changed. on the like After our eight weeks, when they said, you've graduated basic, they had us take our patrol crabs and spin them all the way around, and they go, congratulations, you've graduated. Nothing changes. And we got smoked. Yeah. Smoked. Yeah. a whole lot of push-ups to celebrate, yeah. not a lot of sit-ups. But... It was good, man. Yeah, I was on Sand Hill. I was Bravo 258, and we had a good group, man. I still, I still, dude, I was driving down the road for work the other day, man, and I thought of our motto that we used to say before every meal, you know, and I just started like, I was like kind of stumbling through it, and then, dude, I'm in the work truck windows down. I'm just like, Bravo 258, who we are. People were just like, this guy's an idiot calling in, but yeah, a little bit of old pride, you know, yeah, I haven't yeah, said the motto sure. in a while, but. Yeah, we had one at AIT we would do, too. I can't quote half of it, but we loved it, because we, there was three, um, groups there'd be like a night hawks and day hawks and there was something else where you were going to school and doing it so outside the barracks we were the what were we i think we were like two to ten yeah so when everyone else the day guys are in there sleeping passed out we'd <laughs> scream there, you know there'd be like a hundred of us we do this chant every night to wake them up <laughs> right finally one of the instructors came out i was like shut yeah okay it was pretty good it was like camaraderie and stuff it was cool yeah. same team but you know just different right. groups so yeah i seen man a headline i get emails you know from the like army times and stuff and i seen some emails where they're talking about like making drill sergeants a little more softer a little more accommodating oh, a little, little more, more than they yeah positive or whatever <clears throat> this is my thoughts on that dude when i was in and a little bit like with my dad like i love my dad he's an awesome dude but he was hard on me as a kid. He's hard on my brother. You know, they were hard on us. But when my dad showed affection, which wasn't all the time, it meant so much more. When I finally got praised for what I had done, but with him not being so free with his affection and support, he it made me want to try harder and work harder. So when I did, did get that, you know, support of the, hey, man, you did a good job, it just meant the world. So to me, the harder the path, like the better the reward at the end. Mm-hmm. So with basic, like we weren't in the Vietnam era, era where they would punch you and they would yeah, hit right. you, but they would do different things. The day I can remember drill sergeants putting his hand down 
on hot asphalt and you know they'd mm-hmm. stand on the back of our hands and you'd stand there man and you felt like your hands even were when sizzling. in 2000 yeah they so would there ain't stand. no way they could do that now yeah they, they probably I, they kind of did that when i was in no kidding no dude in that six-year window there's yeah. no way yeah and it wasn't dude like i know i know what you're saying you know the mindset though because when you're in it you're just like we were far enough in it that i was like give me all you got dude i'll stay i goes in front mm-hmm. and rest and i'm standing there and right he's, he's and he, luckily he had those padded soles so it really didn't hurt the back of my hands i just couldn't pull it off the asphalt but i was at the point we had been in basic for probably 10 weeks 12 weeks You're we were already, almost dude. done i was like give me everything yeah. you got dude i'll take all day long what was your shape like at that point dude was- i was 185 man i could run my best two miles was 14 12 my best push-ups were 90. I got you beat. Did you? Yeah. Hey, good, man. Nah. <laughs> yeah. And I ain't no runner. You can ask anybody. Right. I did 13, 28. I'm there, dude. When I first got, what'd you run when you first got in? You know how they like do the, oh, dude. what's that? What's that place, that holding place right oh, before you start? 30th AG. Okay. Oh, you didn't go to, yeah. No, but I mean, it's a whole, it's kind of like a holding yeah. point before they get you all set up or like something. Ad, you get all your shots there. You get your uniforms. Yeah, yeah. So did they make you run, right? Can yeah. I see what, you, what were you? I was like, dude, I was, I think, I think one mile. What was I? It was sad. <laughs> it was like 18 minutes or something yeah, stupid. Right, right. And I was, I mean, I was in young and, yeah. and what I compared to now, I was in good shape, right? Right. But even right. then, I had no lung capacity, no running no. skills. Well, we played basketball, we played football. Right, right, right. I had a knee surgery, man, for yeah. football. But yeah, we, um, I'm thinking, dude, when I ran it, because I had, my dad was a runner in high school. And so he told me, you need so to So you prepare. did pretty good. Yeah. So I, but I did probably the same as you. I didn't do great, but I didn't do the worst. Push ups and sit ups, I think I've just barely. John Costa beat me. He gave me his time because I was like, yeah, 1328. And he's like, oh, I did 1301 or something. <laughs> I think, yeah. So I was like, oh, he's, he's more aerodynamic. <laughs> yeah. He's shorter. Yeah. It's, not, it's not the same. <laughs> yeah. Love <you>, John. <laughs> if you listen to this, John, I love right. you. Yeah. I haven't seen him in a while, man. I haven't either. Um, so, okay. So you got that done. Then what was next? Was it airborne school? Yeah, actually, well, did I, that start during that NAT? That was part of it, or no, is that afterwards? It's the same base, but a different part of the base. I think there was only I think two bases in the whole military that did, or in the whole army that did airborne school, and it was Fort Bragg and then Fort Benning. Mm-hmm. And so, we, what we, what state was Bragg in again? I can't remember. Uh, North Carolina. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's where all the like spec ops guys are out of. That's all like the John yeah. F. Kennedy Warfare School used to be there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of a big deal. Um. Yeah, we went to airborne school. And it's funny because infantry is not co-ed. It's all guys. And, of right. course, they ran us hard because we're infantry, right? There's kind of like, you know, there's we're the backbone of the military, right? It can't exist without the fighting guys on the ground. But we went to airborne school, and they told us, they said, you know, we run our two miles every morning, and we run between a 745 and an eight-and-a-half-minute mile. And we're like, what in the world? We just came out of uh, – because in our infantry training, dude, we had three groups, A group, B group, and right? C group. Right, we had that too. Yeah, same thing. And so I was – I touch A on good days, but mostly I was in B. Yeah, we went there, man, and we were just running. Man, we're just jogging in place. You feel like you're bouncing up and down more than you're actually going forward. It was miserable. But the jumping out of the – I mean, the, the training and the jumping out of the planes, of course, was awesome. Yeah. How many jumps did you do? Five. Five? Yeah. we uh, To get done, that's pretty much what they wanted you. That's the qualifications. You do – man, I'm thinking we did – um, that probably five. wasn't nowhere near enough what you no, wanted to do. No, not at all. But it was cool, man. It yeah. was, we did like a couple Hollywood, which is no rucksack, no weapon, nothing like that. Okay. They called those Hollywood. And then I think we did two with our gear, and then we did one night jump. We were supposed to do a night jump. Did you just feel like a sack of potatoes with all that gear you on do, jumping? You do. And dude, the, the kicker with airborne school, man, is they put you in your harness, they put you in your chute, and they crank you down, man. I mean, they crank it tight. Hey, thank the Lord, man, because... 
you're falling. You right. jump from 1,250 <clears throat> feet, man. I know that's not a halo jump, but dude, I'm <laughs> I fall fast and I hit hard. I want to be <laughs> secure. So. I want like I want it to be as tight as possible. So they yeah. crank you down. Set you down, boy. Yeah, and then they put you in the hangar and they say, wait. You're waiting for other jumpers. You're waiting for weather. You're waiting for planes to be ready. And just itching, <laughs> dude. And you said we sat there for like eight hours, ten hours. Oh my! And of course, gosh, you know dude. you can't sleep right there with all that stuff. Like, all of it, your helmet, everything, and it literally it folds you because of how they strap you. It begins to fold mm-hmm. you. And you're just sitting there, and they're like, "Don't sleep." And you're like, "I'm trying." I'm not, you know. But then finally, you go jump, and it was cool. I'll tell you the best part because my last name's Ada, right? And it's um first of the chalk. I, the chalk was the stick of jumpers, mm-hmm. and I was the first oh, one yeah. to go. So they would open the door, and you're standing like this to the guy in front of you, or the person mm-hmm. in front of you was co-ed. But for me, because I was first, they would open the door, and then they'd have like a wind shear kind of come out, and it would help block the wind off of the door. Mm-hmm. And I could actually step up, and I'd look out, and it would give me like up to like a minute or two to kind of make like, okay, I get it. I'm jumping out of this plane. As opposed to if you were behind me or you were buried in the the stick you're just walking 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 left turn and there's the great beyond the great blue yonder you're jumping out into it so for me i was like looking i'd see people in the pools you know i'd see goats in yards and i was like cool i was like take two steps and you know of course the jump master is like you're not gonna freeze up you're not gonna this and i said no i'm here man i'm i'm committed and so you just take two steps and jump and tuck and hold on man and it's it's fun it's a lot of fun That'd be that would be the reason I love that is because I didn't skydive from twelve five, but it was with tandem and <clears throat> I don't know. I was like, man, that'd be so cool just by yourself, a little extra rush of this is up to me. Yeah. So I mean, and could you guide? No, yourself you, down. You're pretty much kind of. So you had you had risers, but we didn't have any kind of toggle okay. handles. That like I think. I can't even remember the nomenclature for it. I think the ones we used was called like a T10 Charlie, and it was just the military round. Mm. And so you would you could pull the risers, and I think you could manipulate yourself because you would, man, because you're just jumping guy at person after person after person, both sides of the plane, and they would stack planes. We'd have four or five C-130s just dumping their whole load. And so you would get close to people, and so you would try to crank down on your risers to drift a little bit. Mm. You really couldn't control it. You know, like the skydivers with their yeah. rectangle ones where they mm-hmm. can do tricks. Nothing like that. You basically were at the mercy of... Did it hurt hitting, though? (laughs) Yeah, and they told us in the beginning, they said, this is the equivalent of jumping off of a one-story roof. 100%, Mm. that's what it was. Really? Yeah, and it's... Because I've done that, and it, yeah, it don't... Like, it hurts, but it's not like... You definitely got to go with it. Yeah. So is it the same, like, you know, as soon as you hit your... Yeah, and we spent... I mean, you jumped for the last... you jumped off? No. uh Roof. Maybe one or two. Such weeks. a terrible feeling on your back. And it is, yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, why did I do that? Why don't I just take the ladder? Yeah. <laughs> but they they would teach us. I'd say for the first three or four weeks, they just taught us to fall. Mm-hmm. And you do like ankles, knees, hips, shoulder, head, last. You're basically just trying to fold over on your side. That's all well and good when you're jumping off a four foot platform. I mean, that's even kind of jarring. But dude, when you're coming down, you're at the you're mercy cooking. of the wind. How fast are you falling? And that I, don't I mean, you know. probably don't know. Like, but I mean, is it coming up? Like, you're like, oh, this is going to hurt. Yeah. It's not like, so jumping off a one-story roof, I'm not talking setting down and, like, easing yourself right. off the edge. and No, no, no. Then gaining, you know, like, three feet by sitting. No, you're talking, like, if you're on the roo- edge of the roof and you jump up up and off, you don't hit hard, hard. I've seen there was people that broke bones, you know, from land and just incorrectly. But for the most part, you're going to be okay. But yeah. it's going to rattle you, man. You're going to have some little bit of aches and pains. Mm-hmm. But it's just, I mean, it comes with it. I mean, mm-hmm. basic was a lot of ache and, aches and pains. and. <laughs> <laughs> Some Advil in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you had Advil? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, right. Go to sick call, and then you're you're pretty much 
made as a loser the rest of the time. Yeah, I never went to sick hall. Yeah, dude, we got so sick. Whatever those shots they were, they stuck us with. We were so sick. Everybody was sick. I don't remember. Like deathly, like coughing all night. Really? Yeah. Dude, I remember when we were in line and they, they were had... testing vaccines on you. That's what I, honestly, <laughs> I feel like they were, dude. Yeah, they were testing coronavirus there back then. <laughs> That's why we don't have it now. I'm resistant. Yeah, we. Uh, I remember we went through. You know, they had the I think four or six people on either side. And take a step, you get shot. Take a step, you get yep, another yep. shot. And we started walking. Well, like how many? Like twelve? I think I got like twelve. Something like, like that. Like yeah, that. and they just like. Just poke and poke. Dude, like 20 of us had gone through and they were, we were making our line around the room and they were like, oh, hey, by the way, if you feel lightheaded, go ahead and sit down. This is like day three of, of in processing, right? So you did not do any, you didn't blink without being told. Right. So they're like, oh, hey, by the way, if you're feeling faint or feeling queasy, go ahead and sit down. And we're just like, what do you mean? And sure enough, man, this guy just like wobbles and <laughs> folds, man, and just bounces off the cinder block wall. And everybody's just like, oh, I feel fine. We're good. So <laughs> we're all right. Yeah, it was interesting. Dude, that whole in-processing they, deal uh, was such a wear out. Yeah. Falling asleep, standing up, people do just racking out because yep. everything's different, You're up man. for like 40-some hours or yeah. whatever, yeah. You never, I've never gone through anything like that before where just you had to maintain this strict standard and you mm-hmm. could not deviate because like you were more afraid of what the... We had a little bit of smoking, a little bit of push-ups and stuff, but we knew it was just like, this isn't full power. This is right, like right. 10% of his yeah, rage. Yeah. I don't want to go 100% <laughs> and see what happens. Well, yeah, when we were getting our shots, man, uh, there was a guy that came in. We hadn't seen him before, and he picked out a few of us. I'm going to say 10 of us, and he put us in this real small closet, had us faced in. He said, get at the position of parade rest, and he goes, just assume the position. Don't ask questions, just parade rest. Well, he's walking around, and he's just eyeballing people. Well, I'm going to be a ranger, dude. I ain't no chump. I stared that. I broke position, right? Because parade rest, your eyes ahead. And I was like, I'm nobody's chump, man. I stared that dude down. So you turned your eyes to look around. I didn't do my head. I did my eyes. And he stared at me. And you're just waiting for him just to be like, get down. You know, just explode. Walked past me, never said a word. And then he picked a few of us. And I was one of them. He said, all right. He said, head out. He said, what this was, he goes, we're choosing guys for honor guard. And Mm -hmm. he goes, and I think the requirements to be between 5'10 and 6'2". Like, it was a real short mm-hmm. window of height to keep everybody about the same. But he said, we wanted to know if you can maintain your position regardless of anything else. And he said, the guys that didn't break position, those are the guys we'll be offering positions to in the honor guard. Which is cool, mm. because because of what that position is, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier and the different yeah, oh, yeah. functions they do, you have to maintain your strict military procedure. Mm-hmm. And I get that. Well, I wasn't there to do that and that's a very honorable position and hats off to those guys that do it but i was there to kill bad dudes and jump out of planes man i just, mm-hmm. you know snuck around seeing all the rambo movies dude i was trying to be mm-hmm. that guy with a shirt on <laughs> <laughs> bandana yeah <laughs> please <laughs> yes please <laughs> i'll take two <laughs> back up <laughs> so you did that and then you got to you got to your unit how was that how'd they treat you when you first got to your unit um to uh well the ranger unit or two so what i went through rip or i guess i I don't want to skip past ranger school yeah well we it's well it's rip not ranger school ranger school is a dedicated school like sniper school and so you actually get chosen out of your unit i think in a ranger battalion you go automatically when there's a slot outside of it you have to wait for a slot so i started uh the rip process or the ranger indoctrination process and um it was tough i mean it was cool but dude you knew when you left like 
basic was serious and it was tough, but airborne school was so easy compared to what I had gone through. When you went to rip, it was like, this is serious. Like this is cause they were Rangers. It was a first battalion out of mm-hmm. uh, Fort Benning. So, um, I might've misspoke. It's been a while. I think second battalion is Washington. I think first, I don't even know. I can't even remember, man. Yeah. I'm sorry to all the Rangers out there. That is my bad. Um, but anyways, they were all Ranger guys, and so they were, you know, it was serious stuff. Yeah. And so I, it was a two week process, and uh, unfortunately, man, I, I wasn't real wise with the freedoms that I was given, mm. and I honestly, I lost focus, man. Mm-hmm. I just began to focus on different things, and that drive and that desire kind of faded, and I ended up, man, about midway through the second week, I was having trouble keeping up. I was having trouble staying with the guys. Mm. I was actually the honor grad in basic, man. Mm. I went through, I got chosen by my platoon. I went before a board and uh, I answered a whole bunch of questions, did a bunch of movements, and I beat out everybody else and was the honor grad. Man, I was given a medal out of basic. I was given um, my family, like at, ba- at basic graduation, they were set on a special platform with like the base commander. Mm-hmm. And yeah, all I remember those that. People. Yeah. yeah, and I was out I felt that part. <laughs> <laughs> I was asked to and I didn't. I must have not did something right. It's, I don't know, man. It just, <laughs> it just worked, man. It yeah. just, I was there. So, anyways. I just noticed and ripped that I couldn't keep up with people. And at that time in my, you know, 19 year old mind, I was like, if I can't do this, I don't belong in the Ranger unit. I could get somebody killed. And instead of buckling down and being like, dude, get your focus. You're here for a reason. You've mm-hmm. gone through, you know, however many months of being here. Right, and now right. you need to wrap this up and do what you're told. And and I ended up, dude, it's called a VW. And of course, you know, the instructors are sign the VW. You don't need to be here. We don't want you. And I gave in, man. And I you sign a form. So VW is a voluntary withdrawal. And I signed the form, and I was, there was like three or four of us, and I let my buddies kind of talk me out of it. They were like, no, we don't want to do this, and you don't want to do it. And I'm like, maybe I don't want to do this. And I went, and I signed the form, dude. And as soon as I handed it to the instructor, dude, he looked at me, and he's like, man, he's like, I'm sorry to see this. And I, was, I felt like I had let down like the entire Ranger Battalion. I was just like, man, I cannot believe I did that. And mm. yeah, I had to make the call of shame to my dad. And he was, you know, he was pretty upset. And I was upset. I cried, man. I was just like, yeah. what have I done? It, basically, I was like, what have I done? Mm. And so I, I got reassigned to the 10th Mountain Division. I was up in upstate New York at Fort oh, Trump. Okay. So that's Cold. where I went. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. I breathe. think the average was like 240 inches of snowfall a year. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Dude, <laughs> breathe, <laughs> dude. And you know the military. It doesn't matter what the weather is oh you're like, doing everything yeah, just the same we're going out there yeah yeah I, I can remember dropping 10th mountain those boys are tough though dude they are tough man they were it was a good deal but it kind of worked out well because when i went there i had a chip on my shoulder because of the bad decision i had made at rip and so i said i'm gonna be just the best soldier i can be and i just gave it my all and you know it is going to a new unit mm-hmm. dude, you're on you know, there everybody's watching you. Right. Like, how, what's this guy about? Because you get people in there. Oh, I'm a runner. I'm a. I can road march. I can whatever. And I said, I'm going to be everything that I need to be to impress these guys. And I did, man. I had a real good reputation there mm-hmm. for a while. So. Mm-hmm. Let's let's jump into some hobby stuff. I know you're a big time dirt bike rider. I I used to have the CRF 450X. Tom's you had the YZF 250. That was a good bike too. But yeah. you're the true like. I'm a little pee on in the dirt bike world, but I, I mean, that was a big boy bike, yeah. which I didn't probably need, obviously. Yeah. But there was a lot of times I'm glad I had it. So yeah. what did you, like, what do you have right now? And like, you know, do you have anything right now? I, I did you actually, sell it? I am bikeless, man. Dude. Oh. Yeah. And I know that's a, it's hard to believe. Okay. Well, um, well, we can still talk dirt bikes. <laughs> you went right into it. I was like, let's work <laughs> up to that. Let's get, let's get to the point where I sold them all. Oh. No, what happened? Um, my first bike was a dude. I think it was a 2000 KX250. I bought it from a guy in New Jersey. I was still at Fort Drum, and I got it. 
And day one, I bought all the, I had fresh pants, I had fresh boots, I had the fresh helmet, gloves, and like a true genius, I went out there in a sleeveless shirt and <laughs> was right. <laughs> <laughs> I oh never rode gosh, dirt bikes. Like dude. that really wasn't our family Fresh. thing. Fresh, dude. I'm talking crystal. Barely could shift. Oh, and yeah. And I'm out there and I'm riding and you know, you're kind of playing around. I start goosing it. And then I'm like, oh, I can ride standing up. And I'm controlling this beast, right? And then I'm goosing it and it's doing little wheelies. And I'm like, man, I'm really I'm a natural. Then <laughs> sure enough, man, I got my weight shifted backwards and I didn't know how to roll the power off just using my wrist. And sure enough, man, it just starts jamming down this dirt road and dude i'm doing the thing where i'm hanging on like one hand on the throttle one <laughs> hand on the, like the shroud and mm-hmm. sure enough dude i come off man i scraped off most of the skin on my right mm. shoulder man and uh yeah i actually put it up for i put it in the parking lot and i went upstairs to doctor my wounds and it got stolen a guy no stole way it. yeah a guy stole oh it my god out of the parking lot man i was fired up yeah that's a whole nother story but i had some i had some uh some buddies with me and they helped me recover it in oh Less than Christ-like manner, but anyways, <laughs> I got the bike back. Black ops. Yeah, there you go. And <laughs> <laughs> we'll just call it that. Yeah, there you go. Had some buddies. Right. Yeah. <laughs> New guy. Yeah. Then I came to California, and I had that bike because we recovered it. So when I first came to California, that was a that, KX. Yeah, that KX, the green one. I always kind of wanted to get a KX. I loved, man. I've had nothing but Kawasaki's, and then my last two bikes were KTM's. Mm-hmm. And that was because, you know, I was <laughs> 36, 37, and I discovered an electric start. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And all of a sudden, yes. the jokes stop. All yeah. of a sudden, you yeah. don't make fun of anybody no. anymore. So, <laughs> yeah, that was a game changer. Forget getting just raked up ankles and shins dude like you know you can young bucks can do that junk yep that's it man i value my ankles i don't want to limp man i'm already gonna be sore after riding i don't want to make it worse by having a busted ankle yeah but i heard when you catch it yeah you try to kick it and it just back yeah or when you're riding one of those narrow trails on the side of a mountain where like one side your left side's very high and your right side's (laughs) a drop off and you're trying to balance and kick and just hoping you don't eat it yep yeah or hill climbing and you die out right yeah yeah not fun I'm a terrible hill climber. And Paul is the Paul Carter is the Is he really? He's a beast. Dude, he's a beast, man. He climbs hills that I have to go straight up with a long runway. Mm-hmm. Dude, he'll just carve up the hills, man. He'll, and really? I know that we both know a lot of guys that are great. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Barney and yeah, those guys are incredible. Those guys are and Paul's another the same level. Way, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. just I never I'll never be that good, but mm. yeah. Anyways, I had the KX250 and then I went my next bike was a KX450. But it was a year where there the gearing was different because most bikes are, you know, I think it's, you know, it's, yeah, there's five gear. gears and this one only had four. Mm, and mm. so it was uh, one up and what, three down and it was one down, three up. I forgot the lingo, but mm. yeah, it was a good bike. I had that for a while and then I got talked into a KTM. All My first one was a 250. My next two were 450s. And then because the longer I worked, the bigger I got. Yeah. The more power I needed to do what I wanted to do. So the bikes got bigger. But then my last two bikes were, uh, KTM EX, one was an EXC 525, and I think the other was an XCW um, 525. It's 505 True CCs, but mm-hmm. it's 525 is just the model. But right. yeah, Beast. One was my dirt bike for off road, and then one I made into a supermoto bike. I put the oh, you know, nice. motorcycle tires and stuff. And Now, did you always ride street bikes when you were growing up? Because I thought that was the thing when you first came out here. You were kind of a street bike. I didn't. Because I honestly, I. I haven't even talked about that, but I used to have the street bike. Yeah. I had a little... Well, you remember, remember we rode that. together yeah. a little bit, but I had the old... It was not really nothing to write home <laughs> about it. I think you guys probably made fun of me with that bike. It was a... What was it? Um, uh, I'll plead the fifth. I do was, it a two, was it a... <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, you bike? Four or 500 or something, and you guys all had the... 
Like Luke had a Jixer. Did you have a Jixer? Yeah, no. Luke was Suzuki. I was Yamaha. I had an R6. Oh, that's right, an R6. I dude. had an R6. You've yeah. never felt. Have you rode a street bike? Mm-hmm. I've never felt power like I have on a street bike. Yeah, it's, it's a, a crock rod, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, even if you take a 450 or a just 500, ripsy. Yeah, it, a dirt. Did bike. You ride Adams? Yeah, that R1. R1. Oh my god, I rode R6s for a while. Scary. I got my R1, and it was a game changer. It's more power than you can. It's power through the whole (laughs) band. Like it's it's hard. It's scary power. Yeah. I mean, when you you probably got used to it, obviously, but you do when you like you know haven't rode a street bike in a while and you jump on a R1. It's like oh my goodness. Oh yeah. Well, for us, like for me, I I never did track days or anything like that. That didn't interest me because I knew I wouldn't be very Mm -hmm. good at it. I liked riding like up to Yosemite or the uh, real windy roads and stuff and taking those curves. Love doing stuff like that, man. Did you, do you, which turn, is there any left or right turn you don't like? Cause I, I never liked, I wasn't comfortable. Now I'm trying to remember. Was it a right left turn? No, I was comfortable with the left turn, right turns. I don't know why it was not. Was it left, right turns? One of those ways I would turn, it just, I was always scared to really lean into it like I would be the other way. I don't yeah. know why. Are, are you, you like that? Or are you right I'm, or left-handed? I'm right-handed. See, I'm a left-hander, and my left turns were the easiest for me. Okay, Rights maybe my always right. felt awkward. Yes, I, I think maybe that's why. way for me then, yeah. maybe. Lefts just feel fine. Hey, whether it's an intersection or whether it's going around a corner, mm-hmm. something about turning left just seemed easier, and I don't yeah. know why. I, maybe it was a Yeah, it just thing, it was, but, it's more comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it worked. Yeah, we because I mean, didn't you work in Yosemite with us too? I did. We were yeah, doing so all we yeah. employee housing. That's when we bought those bikes. Luke bought one. I yeah. bought one. Sarah was so mad at me. <laughs> so mad, dude. If I, and and if uh, Hannah was around, then she would have been mad too. Oh, so dude, she you. was like, you know what? If you die, make sure your insurance is paid up. And yeah. she was like, <laughs> so what happened was, is you remember this probably? I was going home one night after riding. I, she was mad at me for <laughs> going somewhere. <laughs> probably was with you guys. Yeah. I coming in and. Stinking dog ran out from me at night. <laughs> remember. remember that? Yeah, I do. Hit know. that dog. There was like a pack of dogs, dude. Yeah, and the pack of ran from me. I hit the one, flipped me, dude. I did a front flip over the handlebars. <laughs> I remember flipping like skipping on the asphalt, and it's the yeah. country asphalt, oh, the yeah. big rock asphalt, Gnarly. not the smooth asphalt. Yep. Yeah, and I had just thank God that day I had bought gloves. That's <laughs> yeah. all I had. Right. I, didn't, I didn't have a jacket, I didn't have nothing. I had a helmet and gloves. Yeah. I went in over and boom, boom, boom. I just remember thinking, I don't know, four or five times I flipped and I landed on my feet. My final flip, I landed on my feet running. (laughs) Remember that? Right, right. And I just stood there. My gloves were shredded, but my hands weren't scratched one bit. My back, shoulders, chest, everything was just road rash. And I I go to my bike and it's going, just laying on the side. (laughs) I pick it up. The dogs are fine. They're all coming up to me running. (laughs) Get out of here. Dude, I'm like, uh, I don't even want to move. My mm-hmm. helmet has big old gashes in it. Go down there, walk in the door. Right. Sarah sees me. She's like, I don't even feel sorry for you. And like walked out. I was like, <laughs> just hung my head down. Right. I went over there, dude. Had to have the old mother-in-law picking wow. chunks of rock out of my back <laughs> and shoulders, dude. Uh-huh. Chunks. Yeah. Then she just that's, poured. That's pretty tough because you know everybody already told you. It's like, right. you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that's the worst part You can't part of go it. around trying Karen, to get sympathy you know, because Tara, they don't even Tara and Karen never said a word. They weren't married at the time and stuff. Right. And at that point, who cares if they see your back? You know, you're yeah. just shredded anyways. I mean, I was sh- like jacked. Yeah. And <laughs> they do but dump the old hydrogen peroxide. Right. Like, ah! <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> make it stop. oh, dude, make it yeah. stop. But I was like, 
I think two months later I sold it or something Did like that. Really? I just didn't feel like dealing with it because I right. still liked Ryan. I wasn't scared to get back on it. I still rode. Yeah, but it was just like it's not worth the fight. That's not worth it anymore, dude. I don't know if you remember when we were working in Yosemite. I had bought a CBR like 600R from a guy up there. I bought it to resell it. I think it was maybe before you had your bike, but we were out. We were riding. There was an open road, and I this is the days open. of Bebo, right? right. Where you'd make the video oh, and then you put yeah. it on your Bebo. Dude, page. I forgot about that. So you got on the bike, and you were like, "I'm gonna ride," and I was like, "Dude, I'll film you, and you know, I'll just I'll say something." And you're like, "Yeah, just do that." I think I remember. And this. you went past me, and you were doing like seventy or eighty. You know, it was, it was a country road, no mm-hmm. big deal. And I was like, "Woo!" I was like, "Man, that's fast." I go, "That's what 145 looks like." And dude, I remember people were freaking out. You were doing like seventy. I don't even remember yeah, that. Yeah, and I was just like, "That's what 145 <laughs> miles an hour looks like." And everybody's like, "Titus, I can't believe." It. I think maybe you know there was some kickback oh, from loved I'm sure ones. Sure, there was. Yeah, you were like, "Why'd you say I that?" I don't even remember yeah. that, dude. dude I, I hate out. my memory. I, there's so many things in life I don't remember. <laughs> I do that. So, growing up in Illinois, I'll go home, man. I'll be talking to my buddies, and they're like, "Dude, do you remember the time?" And they'll tell this hilarious. And do you almost story. not believe them? I don't. I'm like, dude, I don't remember. That. There's no way that happened. You're yeah. full of it. And I'm like, dude, that is hilarious. I go, did I say that? I'm like, I used to be a funnier guy. I'm like, I, I used to be cool. I man. did, man. Now I'm just like, I don't know. I don't remember. I was funny back then. I'm recycling jokes. I'm like, tell me more stories of things I yeah. said. But You're all writing down your old jokes you forgot. <laughs> right. There you Use people them. take out a little Back in Cali, they had never heard this one. Right. New audience. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, sorry. That just, I had to talk about that. I so, haven't remember that. So, what was the difference between your last two KTM's? The one you said, did you make it street legal too? Yeah. The so the EXC was more of the like it's the softer gearing. It's not quite as aggressive. And I I'm not a technical dirt bike guy, so I'm probably explaining this terribly. But it just wasn't quite as aggressive on the throttle. Mm-hmm. There was more play. So when you goosed it, it wouldn't just pop the front yeah. end. You hit a point, it would. Yeah. But it was more for street. Like it come oh, okay. wired for blinkers. Gotcha. It come wired for the lights and the license plate. Well, I just wanted a dirt bike, so I thought, no, I don't want to do this. But yeah. I love riding on the street. Riding a dirt bike, a supermoto, supermoto on the street is, dude, it is so much more comfortable because with a rocket you're wadded up man mm-hmm. you're just like this Hurt and after back. a while yeah everything begins to hurt so on the dirt bike i'm sitting upright my hands <clears throat> a little wider it just felt better because there's some good canyon roads mm-hmm. out of where i live and you can just i mean really just carve it good and it just felt i felt way more confident on my supermoto than i did on my street bike just because really dragging my tail around through the dirt for so many years mm. it just felt natural to put it on the street and mm. you always want to do that right you know right. you're washing your dirt bike you'll zip up and down the road yeah. Well, yeah. it's the same feeling but yeah. you get to do it legally sweet true so, oh yeah you're you're like you're talking you say you're saying moto i'm thinking more like uh um what's that called when it's street and dirt though there's another word oh, like for a dual it. sport oh. dual sport i was yeah. thinking i didn't i was thinking something different when you were saying that but gotcha. yeah that now because moto isn't that look like a street bike but it has chunkier tires and it's meant to go off-roading. So you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. An I, enduro. Enduro. That's enduro. What, so yeah. it wasn't an enduro you had. No, it was a supermoto. Okay. Which basically yeah. it's a street legal. It's yep. like a dual sport. But it kind of looks enduro. like a street bike right. more so than a dirt bike, right? Right. Yeah. I just took the tire. I put actual motorcycle tire. Okay. I don't remember the sizes, but I bought different rims mm-hmm. and I bought, you know, different the brake disc, different. I changed my gearing. I changed my chain. But it's actual motorcycle tires. You could take them off of a... R1 or a Jix or throw them on the dirt mm-hmm. bike and it's the same thing. You've just changed the tires mm-hmm. and then the handlebars are the same. Everything's pretty much the same. It's yeah. just down like low. Like you said, you're change. more comfortable though. Yeah. And that just felt better. And so it was a little too comfortable. I'll tell you a little story. So um, it's really easy to pop a wheelie on a supermoto. And so I started doing a lot of wheelies. 
I got some footage. I don't know. Maybe I'll show it one day. But I was just doing long wheelies. Actually, there was a place in town where stoplight to stoplight was a mile. And there was a train overpass. And just to see if I could do it, I came out of the street or I came out from the stoplight. And in the middle of the intersection, I stood it up and I rode it a straight mile and I rode it up over the overpass. And then I set it down <laughs> right at the next light. Nice. Dude, the funniest thing is when people are waiting to turn onto the road that I'm on and they see me, I'm going by on one wheel and I'm like, I look at them because it's easy, <laughs> it's easy to do. Like, look yeah. around and they're looking at me and they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. You I were, oh, yeah, I remember you being really good at riding wheelies. Yeah. I think I videoed you for that. Bebo thing, doing a wheelie like down, didn't I? You were going down the street. See, like I thought that's what you were going to talk about. I don't remember the part me flying by you saying 145. Yeah, I don't remember, but you probably did because we had dude with the old flip phones. Man, we were doing it with flip phones out there, and I was real close to the ground. So when you went by, you barely see it. It was like all squares, all pixels. (laughs) Looks like an Atari screen. (laughs) Old Game Boy, yeah, Tetris or something. Right. So I, uh, yeah, three days before my last day at work before my wedding. And uh, I was leaving work, and I was getting on ninety the highway, and I was just like, I'm gonna do a last wheelie because I'm leaving tomorrow to go to up north. And sure enough, man, I stand it up, I look over my shoulder, and I'm riding it, and whoop, I hear the siren behind me. Cop pulls me over, gives me grief, you know, you're gonna die, and all that. And I was like, Yeah, you're right, you know, I just, I, whatever, I apologize. Sure enough, I was like, I ain't saying nothing to nobody. Me and Hannah had been married, you know, for a couple months, and she's like, hey, you got a letter in the mail from the oh, no. DMV or somebody, and I was like, go ahead and open it. And she was oh, like, no. you got a wheelie ticket three days before our wedding? No. <laughs> I was like, has it got my name on it? She's like, yeah, it's for you. I was like, okay. No, she wasn't too upset, but she was yeah. like, why didn't you tell me? I was like, because of this. I figured it'd be better to let you know. I wanted to avoid out. this very situation right now. <laughs> Just delay it as long as you didn't I think could. that went through when, no. before you had her open it. Terrible choice. Terrible choice. I don't know. I Never thinking, have your wife open your mouth. Yeah. I was thinking license renewal, not ticket and mail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure Willie enough. ticket. Yeah. That's funny. So um, we'll get close to the end of this podcast, but let's talk a little bit. I mean, we've talked a little bit about you getting into duck hunting and we don't try to force anybody to get into if they're not doing or nothing. But I mean, is that something you've thought of? We've kind of talked about it a little bit, even last year at that, whatever that was, a banquet or something. Graduation or graduation. Something. Yeah. I, so I didn't come from a hunting family. I don't, my dad, I think my dad hunted when he was younger, Mm -hmm. but it's just, just never anti hunting. We just didn't do it. My dad, you know, worked a lot and that was kind of what we did is we just worked and so we didn't have a whole lot of side hobbies, mm-hmm. but hunting and fishing outdoors, stuff like that. We didn't do a whole, whole lot of, and uh, I don't know, it's the same with the dirt biking. My family was never into anything like yeah. that. I got into it on my own. And so I do, I'd look around and I, the part of the military I liked was being outdoors. I do like being outside. I like being in nature, whether hunting, which I've actually at, at almost 40 years old, I've never hunted really like a day in my life. Not really. And so watching some of you guys videos and it's always cool because I know you and pretty much everybody in your videos. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, that'd be cool just to try and go out there. And like, uh, that's what I wonder is like, what's your perspective of it? I'm not not trying to treat you like you don't know what hunting how to hunt something, but like, do you do you like? Is it just look cool to be hanging out in the blind with certain people? Does it look cool to shoot something? Like, what what part of that is it intriguing? I want to see myself in slow mo with heavy rock music. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the slow the B roll that gets you, yeah, isn't it? Right. Yeah. You need to grow a mullet out. There and you go. I did. In the wind. Did you just did you not see the uh-uh. mullet I had? Huh? Did I see it? 
Dude, when we got sent home from work in March and we couldn't go A anywhere, lot of people grew mullets. I let it grow out. And then right before we were in Florida a couple months ago, and I kept, Hannah was like, you can let me cut it. And I was like, oh, keep it a little longer. Right before Florida, she's like, yeah, you're not going to Florida with a mullet, right? But she cut it into just a, I mean, business up from a party in the rear. Mullet. Yeah, she threw a video on Instagram, dude, and I'm just shaking, bro. And it is just, I mean, oh, I it think is I've a, seen that song. Oh, I mean, it's not quite a full on Tennessee top but hat, but I call it. <laughs> No, it is the collar duster. Let me tell you what, man. The it keeps collar that collar clean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, dude. Was, uh... I would, they're trying to... So we have a what's called a Flyways Collective, and it's several of us um, YouTube channels have come together just to kind of make a collective or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jordan, a guy named Jordan, he has a gnarly one right now. Nice. And I'm like, man, I can't wait to do some B-roll. <laughs> right. You know, just holding a strap of ducks with the wind blowing through. That's right. Just because it's so funny, you That's know. It, like dude. he's trying to talk me into deal. I was like, dude, I I can't. <laughs> I'm not doing one. It's funny until you're going around town by yourself and, and there's nobody. Yeah, and there's nobody to laugh. Like at work, we always do the no shave November, right? Yeah. And so because you know I'm you know I'm two steps away from growing up in a trailer park. You know my facial hairs are patchy and <laughs> mine comes in, man. And my wife is just like, no. And it's funny at work when you're around everybody else's got yeah. right, right. You're like, yeah. And then that next day when you're like, I got to run out to Target to grab something. And people are just like pulling their kids closer. And they're just like, easy, pal. Looking at you like a predator. Exactly, yeah. Then you just don't even like it at all. You're like, yeah. It's it's just for November, trust me. You're you're walking around the store with a shaver in your hand. Don't worry. I got this. Trying to justify to everybody, I'm not weird. We did that for the the, um, air ambulance thing. All of us did mustaches for November like several years ago. Ago. Yeah, and it, like you said, it was so awesome when you're all together, like <laughs> taking pictures. Like this is so cool. And then, like right. you said, outside of that, you're like, "Why am I doing this? Yeah, I'm such an that's idiot." It. I do the same thing. I, when I had my mullet, I would be working. I don't know what I was doing, dude. I'm like stroking it or something, <laughs> and I'm just like, "This mullet's dumb." But here I am. I'm like, right, "I'm done. We're cutting it." Cutting I'm like, it. "Hey, get the clippers." She's like, "All right." <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, man, we'll have to get you out there. Do you have all your hunting license and all that stuff? I don't, dude. I don't have nothing. Oh, see, that takes a little work. It's not bad, though. Be honest, right now is a great time to get your hunter safety card because you don't have to go in to a physical location. Oh, nice. Because of the COVID, you can do it online. I've actually got so many people doing it right now and finished it. Robert Hernandez is doing it right now. He's in the middle of it. He should be done pretty soon. Uh, I did, uh, or Vivian did hers. Mm -hmm. Um, Viat's almost done. Um, Who else? Ava, Jake's kid, yeah. his daughter, and I think a couple. Oh, Michael Catano too. Nice. So, it's like, man, if you don't want to go sit in the classroom all day, and you can just sit in the comfortableness of your own right, right office. Is it's just time like to do it. A course or a- yeah, a hunter's safety card. Unless you've had it, so you haven't ever got one before. Never, dude. So you can just sit on there and do it, and it it goes step by step, and then the timer on it gives you a certain amount of time to read, and you click through and take little quizzes at the end. Yeah. As soon as you're done. You get it finished, um, it updates into the Department of Fish and Game within 48 hours, and then you can actually go in there and buy your license, and they'll ship it to your house. Yeah. So it's a good time to do it if you don't want to go sit at eight hours, 10 hours at a course. Yeah. I'd rather not if I can do it from home. Right. Yeah, that'd be but awesome. they're going to change it back really soon because it's only because of the COVID. Right. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. It, you know, I try to tell people not to wait. I think Richie did Landon's, too. Oh, nice. So, Dude, it's California. We're like the last state in the... Union man, that's gonna be locked down. Oh, for sure. Probably yeah. Got a time. Where did I? I heard they opened Florida up wide open. Dude, we were there at the end of 
Hold on. We were there at the end of July, beginning of August, and dude, it was basically wide open then. Man. No one wearing like you really? ma- not to wear masks. Not or not. Really? I mean, people do it just because they're gonna do it. Yeah, yeah. But were they required? Probably no, not. because like you would go into a restaurant and they say, "Hey, will you please wear a mask from the front door or the front counter to your table?" Once you get to your table, you could take it off. But dude, they didn't really enforce that. Certain restaurants did. The larger the restaurant, the nicer the restaurant. They were a little more strict about right. it. But dude, it was just basically wide open, man. And it was. I mean, everybody. Within reason, tried to respect distance and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But dude, even before this COVID deal, you're not like walking next to people's yeah. table, coughing on them while they're right. happy. Exactly. You know, so people I'm, were washing their hands before all this. Yeah. Or weren't. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, not every, <laughs> you, everybody. <laughs> dude, I've never liked it when people cough on their hands. No. I'm like then they go grab a doorknob. You're like, really? Yeah. And then because I'm you, just always a germ germaphobe, you know. It's or like, like when you're sitting in church and somebody's over there hacking up and then sneezing in the back of your neck. Yeah. And then they walk up and they put that same hand out to shake it and you're like, hey, buddy. <laughs> Buckaroo. <laughs> Just pat him on the shoulder. <laughs> uh, hanging on the wall. There you go. <laughs> nah, that's like, mm. <laughs> right. That's funny. Yeah. But yeah, we, uh, me and Travis, if any place you think you're going to have to wear a mask, like they will not let you in that building as an airport. Mm-hmm. Me and Travis, I told him, I go, dude, I'm not wearing it until someone says I have to do it. Yeah. And it's not even about finding it. It's just, it's stupid to me. Yeah. So we went in. I mean, we got dirtiest looks, but I don't care. We went, went inside the airport. Went through the line with tons of people because it was packed. Went to the deal. I thought the lady at the front desk that did our baggage was going to make us. She never said one word. Yeah. I almost thought, I almost got the impression like she liked that we weren't. Right. It was kind of weird. Dude. Like she knew yeah. she's only doing it because she works there. Right. Never said a word. We went through security. I'm thinking, I told Travis, like, oh, I don't think we're going to make it through security. Yeah. Never a word, dude. Not nothing, huh? Never like, oh, you need it or, oh, you need to do that. Never. Not until we got on the plane. That, that's that was where it was required. Yeah. And like, you have to. Got out of the plane, took it back off, and we got to Denver. Done. Mm. You fly so if here? anywhere you're going to have to do it, it's going to be an airport. So yeah. they're not even doing that. But I go like I go over to Maria's, dude, mm-hmm. to get a, a breakfast burrito. Will, let me, will not let me order because I'm not wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, man. I I'm like, you're the only place. I wanted to say it. I was like, and make a big deal. You're the only place in this whole town we live in that doesn't. That you're wanting a mask to order. I've, I haven't worn a mask in this right. area ever. Yeah. And they still give me my food. That's stupid. I'm like, man, you're shooting yourself in the foot. They, how much? She's like, do you want to buy a? Do you want to buy a mask? I was like, no. Yeah. I just walked out. Breakfast She's like, sorry, I'm not. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> this place said taco shop, not a mask. Yeah, medical I'm like, man, <laughs> I feel bad. You guys are shooting yourselves in the foot. You yeah. know, like I'm not trying to hurt anybody, but like I'm not going to do that. Well, especially the mindset of like people we know and in this area, that's a big deterrent. That would cause people to not want to so many, solicit dude. that business. We're in, we're in an ag town. Yeah. You know what I mean? People right. are, uh, I mean, anyways. Yeah, I hear you. And it, it has nothing to do with nationality or race because no. I know so many people that will would walk right out too, no matter what race they are. Yeah. That's, you know what I mean? the principle of the thing, not having to do anything personally. Nothing to do with it. And it's a town that we live in. It's kind of the same way, like... I've never had anybody tell me to put a mask on. And it's, dude, it's kind of like the silent, like, brotherhood. Like, we'd be walking around a store and not having a mask on, and you'd see somebody without. And you don't nod, but you kind of do the lingering look like, <laughs> I'm with you, dude. I'm with you. You know, it's just like, you don't fist bump, but yeah. you want to from a yeah. distance. Yeah. yeah. And we've never gone, like, to the register, and they've been, like, rude because we didn't have masks on or didn't want to treat They us, did you know? the, uh, to Sarah once. Really? He's like, you better, you never come back in here again and, and, and say more. Are you kidding? Yeah, me? and she's like, you. It was just one, yeah, cash ear, okay. Right. And she so you don't come back in here with that one, or we're not going to help you. 
she called in. I'm surprised Sarah did it because she's not like usually like this. She called in to the manager, the general manager, and told him what happened. And he said, I'll deal with that. He goes, you do not, by law, have to wear one. It's right. a mandate. It's not a law. Right. And and I guess she got in some major trouble, but she's never. we've never had issues with her again. Right. But, yeah, we don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I get it. There's all there's times I will wear stuff. There's yeah. certain times, dude, especially in the field that I'm in right now, the medevac deal. Yeah. Like, um, there's a disease called um, meningitis. Yeah. That's just one of them. When we transport those, dude, I am fully geared up because I do not want to get that's a, I mean, that could ruin your life. Yeah, yeah. Like getting that kind of stuff. Right. But getting the flu, yeah. if it's going to come, dude, it's going to come. Dude, I knew, it don't matter if I wear it. It's not going to matter. I know a guy that had caught meningitis, man, and he ended up having, uh, I believe, a stroke. And then I think he had to have like emergency brain surgery. Like meningitis is no oh, it's joke. So bad, dude. And I get it, man, that there's certain things where you need to mask up and protect yourself or you need to just pre- regular PPE, you know? Yeah, exactly. Just mm-hmm. normal stuff. I'm not against that, but to refuse service because I'm not wearing a mask because they tell me, don't, you know, tell me don't come back. I'm not about that, man. There's plenty of other grocery stores that I'll go to that haven't said yeah. anything to me. My money's good at their stores too. So if you want my business, man, treat me right. Yeah. So. I don't, we don't really ever talk much about it on here, but it's just it's just interesting, kind of to put it out there to people listening too. You know what I mean? You know, don't have to, don't let people peer pressure you into stuff. You don't. You there's a point to where you're trying to make a statement, yeah. and I'm not trying to do that with mm-hmm. the mask thing. Uh, it's just you just gotta. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. It's kind of the saying I like to go by. But yeah. Anyways, well, man, thanks for coming on and uh, stopping by. Thanks got, for having me. We got some more chatting to do, yeah. Yeah, dude, there's, it's funny. And I, I'm going to get a text from you. Just watch when this comes out. I'm like, I hate my voice on this thing. <laughs> Everybody texts me that hasn't yeah, heard their cell phone. They're like, I hate my voice. Do I sound that stupid? I'm like, yeah, we all sound that stupid. <laughs> I figured, dude, you've been listening to this voice for 15 years. Yeah, man. I don't know no different. Yeah, it's not. It's <laughs> but different to, you, to me. Yeah. yeah. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Thanks, guys, yeah. for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>